Hey, hey, first of all, I just want to tell everybody good morning. Say good morning to the person next to you. We, uh, we, started out, um, we started out a year ago, and God had spoke to me about having a, a, being a new era, not just a new season, not just a new time, but it being a new era, right? And, um, and then a lot of us, some of you have got it, some of you are still ready to get it, and some of you are, it's kind of like this. Sometimes some people get on the train before the train leaves. Some people want to get on the train when they hear the, mo- the engine start up. Are you with me? And then some people, when the conductor blows the whistle, says the train's pulling out, you go get on it. And then some people, after the train's pulled out, you come to the train station. And unfortunately, we may, you may miss the train. But how many of you know with the way God is, there's another train coming? There's another train coming. We were talking about this year, and I... Uh, there's so much I there's so much I want to share with you today. So just relax. Don't worry about it. Um, New Year's isn't till midnight. So, you know, we can just go until then. What do you think? Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just just kidding. I'm just kidding. Everybody's like, mm, I don't know about that. I'm going to get hungry. I got to get something to eat before then. Last year in 2017, we began to welcome in the year. And remember, we, we anointed you guys to be able to, to walk through the door into a new era. And a lot. And tonight, there's some of you that are going to be uh, bringing in the new year. How many of you know you got, you're bringing it, we're bringing in the new year? Well, I got news for you. Sometimes whether you, whether you bring it in, it's coming no matter what. Amen. So, you know, a lot of us will say, okay, we're going to bring in the new year, bring in the new year, bring in the new year. When I was younger, I brought in the new year a little bit different than when I get older. You know, it seems like recently I get a little bit older and we're bringing in the new year to the east. And when it hits the east, then we're going to bed. Come on, somebody. Um, it's like, okay, we brought it in and it's eastern time. We saw the new New York, you know, all that. But we haven't quite brought it in here. But a lot of us are, are going to begin to bring in a new year. And bringing in a new year, there can be some excitement. Say excitement. There can be some excitement on bringing in the new year, but there can also be some reservation. Because the last year, there were year, it was time, there was there were pain. Last year had a time of pain. There was a time of hurt. There were time of challenges last year. How many of you had some challenges last year? I mean, I look at Mario and he's walking through those challenges. And Virginia had a knee replacement. She was walking through those challenges. And it's better on the other side of it. It's better after you've been through it. But when you're going through it, it makes it really difficult. So there can be, there can be hurt. There can be pain. There can be difficulty. There can be challenges. There is change, change, change. I don't want to change. Can something just stay the same? You know, I, I don't have a wife that, that, and some of you may have, that, that wants to change the furniture around all the time. Does anybody have that happen to you that, you know, all of a sudden I knew a buddy of mine, he was like, you know, my wife changes the furniture around every couple weeks. So he comes in at night, he's got to turn on the lights. Before it used to be dark and he'd come in and sit down in the chair and the chair was still there. And then one time he sat down on an end table. Then he realized that, you know, that things had changed and there is, we're in such a time of change. Change is happening so fast. It's happening so quickly. But I want you to know that bringing in this new year is going to be a, a bringing in with joy. There's going to be happiness this year. 
Those of you that have a prophetic word that operate in the prophetic gifting, we want to hear what the Lord is saying to you about Living Word Fellowship Church. And in a few more weeks, it may be about three weeks, but we want to get those words in. So get them to Pastor Virginia. Is that all right? They can email them to you. Um, it's uh, what's your email address? Grace and Peace at suddenlink.net. Grace and Peace at suddenlink.net. Go ahead and 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 ask the Lord what it is prophetically and let's let's get those together we like to put them all together we like to combine them and we'll have a we'll have a prophetic gathering where we can release that we're also going to do the one word how many of you got one word we're asking you to get one word for this next coming year you know because a lot of times we a lot of times we do new year's resolutions we break the new year's resolutions then you have a spirit of failure because you broke the new year's resolution and then you know you struggle with those things so let's come back in and let's look at the one word how many of you see the our 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 big massive display of lights over here i've had some people asking me and i've been i've been delaying on what to tell you about that but well i've uh, god's given me a series that we're going to talk about go and light your world so we're going to ask you to, to guess what, how many light bulbs are on display, by the way. And don't be over there counting them, standing here before church and after church trying to figure it out because there's some in some boxes underneath that are hidden that you don't know about. So, you know, you may be able to count them and go, wait a minute, I got the exact number because I counted them. You may not be able to see them all. But we're going to begin to launch in a, a new series that will run about three or four weeks, and it's going to talk about the light of the world. We're going to talk about you being able to be the light of your world and then to go and light your world. And the other thing we're going to do is we're going to give those light bulbs out. So you guys can go in and replace. You know, you can save a lot of money by replacing your light bulbs. So I thought, why not do something in a church that maybe hasn't been done before and say, okay, we're going to give these light bulbs and you can go and replace all the light bulbs in your house and you can save X amount of money a year just by replacing your light bulbs. Can I get an amen? So I want to talk a little bit today about not only a new era, but let's, let's look at what this new year is going to begin to bring. We, we, we talked about a new era. Say new era. It's a new era. It's a new era. What does new era actually mean? The, the, the word new era, there we go. Next one. Here we go. Is a period of history marked by a new or distinct order of things. A period of history marked by a, a, a new, say new, a new or a distinct order of things. In other words, sometimes we think, well, we're in a new season, we're a new season. I don't know about you, but it seems like every year when the new year comes around, there's prophesied we're in a new season. We do. We go through new seasons all the time. There's four of them in the natural that you go through. How many of you know we're in the winter? <laughs> I had some people that said, I'm, I'm waiting for spring. I'm thinking move to Florida. We were in Oklahoma City, I mean, a few years back, and we were there, and uh, and this guy, we were unloading at the hotel, and it was the, the snow, and it was cold, and it was, it, was, it was just rough out. And the snow, it was blowing. And this guy was like, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here. I'm saying, where are you from? He said, Florida. I said, yeah, you guys don't have any seasons but one. 
I said, we're in Oklahoma, baby. It gets cold. It gets hot. It gets windy. It gets, you know, it's like we go through all four seasons. We watch the leaves change. We, the trees know when to, when, when, to, when to prosper and when not to, when to go dormant and when not to. I said, you know, well, welcome to Oklahoma. And it was just kind of blowing. And he was mad, but I helped him with his luggage, and I helped him get in the hotel room. I just blessed that man from Florida, amen, because I'm thankful for Oklahoma. I got anybody else that's thankful for Oklahoma in the house today? Hallelujah. Yes, amen. Um, This past year, we talked about a lot of different things. And what we wanted to do was give you tools for your tool bag. I want to talk a little bit about different stage of development. So the word new era also means this. Tanya, if you can put that up. The word new era means the new means what? Everybody. New means what? Fresh. Anybody like some fresh bread? Oh, man. We made these, these rolls and they... They, they, you get them out the night before or the morning of and you put them, you know, in the warmth of the kitchen and then they begin to rise and then you put them in. And there's a, just a tradition in our family that whenever they get those out, we have to eat some before they get to the table. Anybody know it? Mother says that's our tradition. Yeah, we like to make sure we try. We got to taste, test them. We got to be, I got to be the tester before they get to the king and queen that we got to get them there. So it's just like, hey, I love the bread. I love the fresh bread. And the word new means fresh. And the word new means fresh. I'm ready for some fresh things. I'm ready not just for a fresh thing today, but it be, it be fresh six months from now. It be fresh a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. So the new era is, is about being fresh. The word era literally means stage of development. How about this? We are in a fresh stage of development. We're all in a process of development. We're all in a process. The Bible calls it this way, transformation. You're in the middle of a transformation that's going on in your life. You can't be stagnant. You can, there are times you want to be, but you are being transformed into the image and into the likeness of God. Can I get an amen? So as we're beginning to go through these things, we've got to realize that you've got a tool bag. And I, I use my little, uh, my little illustrated sermon today to be able to show you that there's a tool bag. And in 2017, we began to start putting tools in your tool bag. Whether you realize it or not, every time you came, I, got, I really believe that God continued to release some different gifts in your tools in your tool bag. I remember prophetically there was a prophet, uh, Chuck Pierce began to prophesy, and he talked about um, some upgrades. Um, um, there were some other prophets in, uh, in the nation. They began to start talking about some upgrades. And, and it was like, okay, I want an upgrade. Anybody want an upgrade? I got to upgrade. You know, they make you upgrade your computer. You know, if you don't, because I'm stubborn. I'm like, no, I'm not going to push that button and say upgrade that thing now. You know what I'm talking about? You push that button and they, they upgrade it now. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I put down later. And then the next time it comes up, I push later. And then the next time it comes up, I push later. And then guess what? Pretty soon I want to go do something and I can't do it. You know why? Because I didn't upgrade it. <laughs> So later, all of a sudden, becomes now, and I got to go ahead and have that upgrade. And that was one of the things that God's wanted us to do was be able to to have an upgrade. So I've got a I've got a tool bag here, and one of the things I'm going to have to have first of all, I've got an electric drill. But before you have an electric drill, you got to have a I got to have a battery. I got to have some power, right? So so this is a battery to this little Dewalt thing, and it's a 20 volt for some of you guys that are. Mm, I'd, I didn't get a 16 volt or 14. I got 20. And I think they even have them be even, even more now. 
So we, we talked about upgrades. The prophetic word kept talking about these different upgrades. And it was, a, it was an upgrade that would bring you through the door. There's our doorway. There's our new era door. We're going to utilize that here in just a little bit. But we want the upgrade wanted us to bring us through the door for purpose. Somebody say purpose. Got to have a purpose. What's the purpose? What's the purpose? Why am I doing this? Why do I take out the trash? How come I got to take out the trash every week? Well, there's a purpose. If I don't take out the trash, it can get nasty. And it get nasty, it can get rodents. Come on, somebody. And then all of a sudden, the neighbors won't appreciate you. So, you know, there's times where we've just got to have a purpose in what we do. And I believe that whatever we do in word and deed, we do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's dynamic upgrades. The upgrades were an invitation to step into a higher level of function, of relationship, of realigning, and of living. The Lord is beginning to upgrade his people. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for an upgrade. Come on, tell him it's time for an upgrade. Even if you're operating an MS-DOS sometimes like I do. I got the MS-DOS. Some of you are like, huh? Well, you know, Kate and Cole, them, they don't even know what an MS-DOS is. You know, that was way before their time. But God is beginning to upgrade things even on a corporate level. Not only on a corporate level, but an individual level. We need to realize that God is beginning to enlarge us, enlarge us in a way that he can give us gifts internally, then we can utilize them externally, okay? So he's going to put some tools in our tool bag. There's something deep happening on the inside of God's people. There's a deeper call. There's a cry out there for a deeper call for us to step in. So I want to review real quick, and there was five areas of upgrades. Let me give you five areas of upgrades that we talked about last year. In other words, there were some different tools that were being put into the tool bag. First of all, the first one was relationships. Say relationships. So I got an upgrade. First of all, I got an upgrade, and I, I got an upgrade here, and, and I'm going to put this in here. So I'm going to add this to my toolbox because this is my upgrade on relationships. Let's look at another upgrade. Another upgrade we have is understanding. I don't understand. When they say the glory of God, what does they mean, the glory of God? I don't understand. All of a sudden, God's beginning to give us some understanding. So all of a sudden, we're operating in an upgrade. I don't understand how to use this. But when I understand how to use this, how many of you know that I can only use it for a slotted screw? Are you with me? Or have you ever, ever, anybody ever used this to open a paint can? Have anybody ever used this to write a letter to your neighbor? No, because it doesn't work. So see the end of that? Do you see the end of that screwdriver right there? Feel that, touch that. Is it flat? Okay, so it's a slotted screwdriver. So as we're getting some understanding about our, not only about God, but about our relationships itself, we put that in our tool bag. There's another upgrade that God's given us, and it was concerning finances. How do we handle finances? Some of the things that we need to do with our, our monies. Because how many of you know God wants to give you more than enough? Hello? But he wants you to be faithful. He says when you're faithful with a little, you'll be ruler over, over much. You'll get more. But we've got to be faithful with that more. So one area of upgrade was relationships. Another was understanding. Another was finances. The next one is favor. Everybody say favor. Okay, so God's given us some understanding with favor. So I've got some tools. Now I'm going to try to understand how God's favor is. And now listen, 
God's favor is not based on what I do or don't do. But what I do or don't do will allow me to receive God's favor in a different way. Okay, listen to that. Because God wants to give us favor, but a lot of times we don't want to receive it. God will give you favor, and you're like, no, I don't deserve that. Well, he's giving that to you. You know, my kids, I want to give them certain things. And a lot of times they're like, well, I didn't do that. I didn't do anything to earn that. I didn't do anything to get that. I didn't do anything to deserve that. It's because I love you. And God wants to give you favor just because he loves you. So those are some things that you have to understand and be able to put in your tool bag. So not only does God want to give us uh, relationships and understanding and finances and favor, but he also wants to give us function. Say function. He wants to give us an upgrade in function. I want this screwdriver to function the way God designed it to function. Can I get an amen? Does anybody understand? Am I in the right church? Is anybody out there today? So I want to be able to I want to be able to use this screwdriver and allow it to function the way it functions. Now listen, if I take this and I try to pry two pieces of concrete apart and I bend it, it will not be used for what the function that it was supposed to be used for. It won't be used as well. Are you with me? It's not a pro pry bar, it's not a crowbar, but it's it's that function. So we began to start looking at the five areas of upgrade. The other thing that we talked about was, in 2017, was to be declare a new thing. Say, it's a new thing. Come on, say, it's a new thing. And where did we get that from? Where did we get that from? We got it from Isaiah, right here, 43. It says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. How many of us are doing that? Went back and, I mean, it happened to me five years ago. And I still can't seem to get over it five years ago. You know what? We made a mistake. We made a mistake, made a poor choice, made a bad decision, whatever that might be. We've got to be able to get over that to where God can move us into our, into our future. He says, be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. Come on, brand new. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, it's, uh, it's only new to us. It's not new to God. Well, that's great, because if it's new to me, then I, I like the new stuff. Amen? I mean, when we go stay somewhere, I like to stay in a new hotel. Just is what it is. So I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. It's bursting out. I don't, I don't see nothing bursting. Well, don't you see it? It's like, there it is. There it is. Look over here. There it is there. Look here. Look at this. Look at what God's doing here. Look at what he's doing there. Look what he's doing there. Look what he's doing. There are some things that I could begin to start sharing with you that I've, that I've recorded for the, for the new era of some things that have happened. I was, thinking about, um, I was thinking about the Woodward Boomer football team that beat Clinton for the first time in 23 years, right? Yeah, there's some new things that are beginning to happen that it's like, what? You know, history is being made. And we're looking at it, and, and a lot of times we don't even realize it, that all of a sudden these things are happening. He says, there it is. I'm making a road through the desert. Road through the desert. How many of you are looking at some dry places? Looking at a place where you don't even know if you can get there? God says, I'm beginning to make a road through this desert for you. I'll part the seas for you. I'll pave a road, you know, in Africa, we, we got a road paved, right? 
We got a road paved, a road that they haven't had paved, never, ever, ever been paved. And now all of a sudden, God's paving it. He's making a new way. He says rivers in the badlands or rivers in the drylands. He's going to take something. You've got to be able to declare it's a new thing. God's doing a new thing. Say that. God's doing a new thing. Say it again. God's doing a new thing. Say it again. Turn to your neighbor and say it. Come on, tell somebody. Say, tell them, say, God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. I got to look in the mirror and say, God, you're doing a new thing. It don't feel like a new thing. It's still the old thing. It looks like the old thing that's just, re- come on, are you with me? That's repainted or recycled. No, no, it's a new thing. God, you're doing a new thing. It's going to be a new thing. It's going to be a new thing. So we've got to begin to declare. Job says declare and decree a thing, and it will be what? Established for you. So there's a tool you can put in your tool bag. God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new what? I, in North Carolina, they call it a thing. Nothing but a thing. Nothing but a chicken wing thing. Right? So that was a tool that we got in our tool bag. Let me give you another one that we talked about. We talked about inheriting a promise. How many of you know that we looked at, we looked at um, the Israelites... And we talked about them being from Exodus, Leviticus. And we went through Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers and Deuteronomy. And we talked about when he got into Joshua that the Israelites had to inherit a promise. But in order for them to inherit the promise, there were three different levels of freedom. Does anybody remember the three different levels of freedom? This is not a test. It's an open book test. How about that? I'm going to give you these three levels of freedom. First of all, we see in the Bible where it talks about they got delivered from Egypt. There are some things that God wants to deliver us out of. He's giving you tools to get delivered out of. He's giving you tools to use for what you need to use it for. You know what? Somebody's run out of power. Well, I got, I got a battery. You know, we're going we're gonna to get the power. I've even got a charger over there. I'll get that. I may need to use this. And sometimes we're trying to use this in order to get out of deliverance. Come on, somebody. And sometimes you've got to be able to get the right tool to be able to operate in the right way and to be able to get set free of something. And sometimes you just got to say no to something. Just say no. I mean, I came out of bondage. I, I know what it is to be addicted. I know what it is to, to, to have something rule you and you get up in the morning and that's all you think about is that thing. I know what it's like. And sometimes you've got to say no. You've got to change some habits. You've got to make some different decisions. But the first thing is we've got to realize that there is deliverance from Egypt. God has deliverance for each and every one of us. Oh, come on. You didn't hear me. i got one person over here. God has deliverance for each and every one of us. Yeah. For us to be able to walk out of that and walk into what he has for us. The second thing is we get, they began, the Israelites began to not only come out of Egypt, but again, they did what? They were taught the ways of God. They wandered around in the wilderness for, what, 40 days. Why? Because Moses was teaching them the ways of God. This is how it operated. This is how the tabernacle was. This is how the worship is. This is what you get. And they had manna coming, didn't they? They had manna coming every day, every day, every day, except for one day they got two days worth, but they couldn't store it for the next day because it went bad because on the Sabbath they weren't allowed to go out and pick up the manna. He was giving it to them the day before. So we've got to begin to learn the ways of God. Say, learn the ways of God. I know I'm giving you a whole lot, and, and, and I'll, I'll, I promise I'll get you out here before, before 6 o'clock tonight, so it won't be any problem at all. There was God's blueprint that he was giving Moses. There was a blueprint that Moses needed for the Israelite people. Again, it was, he was putting tools in their tool bag. Okay? 
And then the third thing, not only was there deliverance in Egypt, but they were learning the ways of God in the wilderness. But now all of a sudden, he needed to have the, the understand the inheritance of the promised land. There is a promised land for you and I. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's not heaven. Some of us are like, let's just get to heaven. Well, I mean, as a pastor, we just baptize you, hold you underwater. We got four chairs. You go home, be with Jesus. Are you with me? It would be a whole lot easier on all of us, but it's not. God wants you to inherit the promised land. He wants you to have victory here on earth. He wants you to have dominion over what it is that's going on in your life. And he said, I'm giving you pool tools to put in your tool bag if you will understand how to inherit the promised land. So you see, Joshua... Joshua is the man. There was a time in Joshua chapter 1. I mean, Joshua was crying because of Moses was dead. And then it was like, hey, guess what? Your mourning is over. Let's get up and let's go after it. And we talked a little bit about inheritance. Somebody, somebody say inheritance. What about inheritance? What, and sometimes people are like, I don't want to talk about an inheritance. Why? Well, that means because somebody has to die to have an inheritance. Well, Yes. Most of the time, but there is one example in the in the New Testament where the young man went to his dad and said, "Give me my inheritance," and he went and blew it. Are you with me? Y'all know the Bible. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But there is an inheritance. Christ died for us to have an inheritance, and it's not just in heaven. Come on, somebody. He died for us to have an inheritance here on the earth. He wants you to have peace when you need peace. He wants you to have strength when you need strength because all those things were in the inheritance of Christ, and he died for us to be able to have that inheritance. Hallelujah. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Hallelujah. He he wants to have an inheritance. Say inheritance. Wants us to have an inheritance. But what's it going to take? Let me give you three things real quick of what it's going to take to have an inheritance. Number one, just like Joshua, and these are biblical examples, is that you've got to be strong. You've got to be strong and courageous. How many of you know you've got an, en- an enemy? He doesn't want you to operate in your inheritance. In other words, there's some stuff set back for you that the enemy doesn't want you to know that you can have access to, so he doesn't want you to get into that inheritance and have an understanding of it, but you're going to have to be strong and courageous. Number two, you've got to do it God's way. Don't try to get an inheritance unless it's through God's way. Come on. You know what? It's, 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 that's what you've got to do. You've got to do it honestly. You gotta, somebody told me one time, they were like, uh, well, what about this? And I said, look, if I can't get it honest, I don't want it. I want to do it the way of God. Can I get an amen? So not only do you have to be strong and courageous, but we saw where Joshua was saying, look, we're going to have to do it God's way. Okay, we try to do it. We try to do it not God's way. Sometimes it doesn't work out too good. And the third thing, the third thing that, about that inheritance is that you've got to believe that God is always with you. You've got to believe that God is always with you you didn't jesus say when you become a believer and follower of christ and you receive jesus christ as your lord and savior the bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you what he'll never leave you nor forsake you i've tried to walk away and he is just like he's still there I can, I can try to separate myself from him but how many of you know there's nothing i can do to separate myself from the love of god no height, no depth, no width, no breadth. No, there's nothing I can do to separate myself from the love of God. 
That's an amazing thing. And we've got to be able to move forward in possessing our inheritance. And I'm not saying that it wasn't 2017. I possessed some of my inheritance. No, I, I want to possess it all. And if it takes 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, are you with me? God wants us to possess our inheritance. And, you know, even if it comes in a little bit here and there, I can all of a sudden put some more things in my tool bag. If I want to be able to possess my inheritance. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a Jordan between you and your inheritance. Just like the Israelites, there was a Jordan between them and operating in their inheritance. Seeing it and possessing it are two different things. You can see it. There it is. There it is. I see it. I see it. Well, you know, do you have it? I, I, I want a new car. I want a new car. I see it. I drive by the, the, the parking lot, uh, the, the car salesman, and I see it all the time. I see it all the time, but I'm not driving it home. Seeing it and possessing it are two different things. I believe that God wants you this year is going to be a year where you're going to begin to possess the peace that you've always wanted to have. Oh, come on, somebody. I believe this year is going to be a year where you're going to be able to possess forgiveness that you've always wanted to forgive. Maybe there's a person in your life that, that you've been struggling with and you're like, I, I want to be able to forgive them. This is a year because why? It's a new era. Say new era. The other thing that I want to tell you about is it kind of leads me to this. It's, it's, this is my charger over here. I've got to be able to hook my battery in here to be able to charge up my, my drill in order to be able to do that. And, and you know what? Some of the things we've learned about is that sometimes we, we think it's somebody else's turn. I think we're entering into a new era where it's your turn. You ever waited in a line in an amusement park? Waited in a line. We went to Disney World, you know, and we got into we got in line and we didn't have a fast pass like some people have, you know. We got in the line and we stayed in that line for almost an hour. And every time they moved up and we moved up and we moved up and we moved up. And you kind of go sideways in order and then you know what I mean? They kinda they kind of bring you through a maze, don't they? In order but I'm I'm telling you, it's There is a time coming in this new era, in this new season, that all of a sudden you're going to be the first in line. It's your turn. It's your turn to say, okay, the turnstile's ready. It's your turn to get on the ride. It's your turn to begin to step into that. You're going to begin to step in to those things that God has for you because it's your turn. Say, it's my turn. And there's nothing about being greedy about being your turn. Stop thinking that. And when it comes to be your turn, praise God, it's you. The Bible says we're to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And there are times where you've wept and you wept and you wept. And I'm here to tell you, you got some tools in your tool bag. And you've been patient and you've been waiting. And now it's your turn. And you're going to begin to step in. You're going to step into those things that God has for you because it's your turn. And it's your turn now. Hallelujah. I mean, there's some of us that have been been believing God for certain things for five years or 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. And it's time for those things to happen because it's your turn now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. So it's your turn. That's where you got to begin to put this in. I don't know who you are and who's it been, but you've been in a dry and thirsty place. You've been in a place where, where you've maybe been at the end of your rope or there's just no hope and, and you've, you've hoped and you've hoped and you've hoped and you've tried to have faith and, and it had, just hasn't worked out for you. But I'm here to tell you that there's the times that you've thought that nothing seems to be happening, there may be something in your tool bag that you didn't even realize that you have it. You ran out of juice and all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, 
I have got a charger in my tool bag. And it may be worship. It may be prayer. It may be spending time with the Lord. It may be fellowshipping with others that start to all of a sudden recharge your battery and get you plugged into that source. And there's some of you who may realize that, look, I can't, my drill doesn't work because I'm out of power, but I got to plug into the source. And once I plug into the source, there's hope. Somebody say hope. So there's hope. There's hope that we're looking at. I know what you need today. I know that you're in a place where you're like, I'm ready to be next. I'm ready for it to be. God, is the time for my miracle. It's time for your miracle. It's time for the miracles. And it's time for you to step into that which God has for you. Can I get an amen? amen. Another thing, another thing today, if we're going to talk about um, inheriting our, our, our uh, in getting our inheritance or walking in it, is that we put some tools in your tool bag. Because it's, it's not only your turn now. What's the next one I've got here? But you've got to keep pressing on. Remember, we talked about it, and Paul talked about it. You've got to keep pressing on. You've got to keep pressing on. I press on to a higher goal. I press on to win the prize. I press on. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. Devil, you owe me, and you're going to pay me back double for my trouble or seven times according to the word of God, and you keep pressing on, and you keep pressing on, and you keep pressing on, and then all of a sudden, your breakthrough comes. Hallelujah. Why? Because you, you haven't given up. I don't know, but I needed some pliers at one time, and I, I don't have any in my tool bag, so I keep pressing on. There's times where I've got to use this. Now, I love these, I love these pliers because they're adjustable. You know, they can, they can get wider out. All of a sudden, instead of me needing three tools, I only need one, right? And these come in really handy. They, 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 they're, they're adjustable, and, and, and I can grab a hold of some things. And there's times where we've got to realize that this is in my tool bag. So when all of a sudden I'm like, whoo, I got this here. I got my battery in it, and I got it charged up, and, and there's my battery, and, and it's charged up and ready to go, but I, I, I don't need it. I don't need my drill. I need my pliers. And you've got it in your tool bag. Listen, there's been things, shh, don't tell anybody, but God's been sneaking tools in there. You come to church and you hear a message. And you may go back home and you're like, you know, this part was good. But then there's something that hits your spirit. You may not even realize it six months later. And then all of a sudden you're dealing with an issue. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I found forgiveness. I'm able to use that tool. And it's a powerful tool. And God snuck it in your tool bag and you didn't even know he snuck it in there. See, God's given gifts. He's given gifts all the time. He's a gift giver. He's not... He's not a, He's not an Indian giver. And I don't mean this, you know, culturally now. Years ago, I mean, it would be like you, you give something and you take it back. You know, I know I had somebody give me a garbage disposal. And then they went to go build a house and they were like, hey, you know that garbage disposal I gave you? I'm like, yeah, it's installed under my sink. I'd like to have that back. I'm building a house. I'm thinking, are you really? Are you serious? That was three years ago. You want it back? I mean, that's what I was thinking. But how many of you know I wasn't saying that? I was kind of going. You know what I did? I went down to the store and I bought them a brand new garbage disposal. Are you with me? Why? Because it was in my tool bag. 
I knew if I didn't do something like that, that unforgiveness would hurt my heart. And I didn't want that in my tool bag. Amen? I didn't want a broken tool in my tool bag. I wanted this tool in my tool bag. So I was able to do that. Now, I would never borrow anything else from that person again. Or if they ever gave me something, I would say, nah, thanks anyway. I appreciate that. So you got to keep pressing on. Somebody say press on. Number six, I'm almost done. Number six, we learned about identity. We learned about reflecting God's image. Reflecting God's image. Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps among the earth. That we've got to be able to learn the identity of God. We've got to be the identity of God. God's wanting you to be like him. He's made you, and we'll get into this down the road, but he's made your spirit perfect. When you became a believer and follower of Christ, your spirit became perfect. It became whole, has everything that it needs in it. Now what your transformation is, is in your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. Come on, somebody. So everything that you have is there. It's now we've just got to begin to release it, and we've got to mature. That's the transformation process. It's called metamorphosis in the Greek. It's where a, 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 a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. How many of you know that's not just a caterpillar that you put wings on? It is an actual DNA transformation that takes place into that butterfly. So we are reflecting God's image. We have been sneaking stuff in your tool bag that you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm just a, I'm just a lowly worm. No, no. You got what you need. I'm becoming a son or a daughter of God. So I got to look to see what other tools I got here. Ah, yeah. This is the one that I've been looking for. Power tool. I like power tools. A lot of times we don't realize that. But becoming a son or a daughter of God all of a sudden gives you power that you didn't realize you had before. I don't know about you, but I have used this and it's really come in handy. But man, if you've got to you've got to you've got to put a bunch of screws in something, that even becomes even handier. And see when you understand that you are more than just a sinner saved by God's grace and that you've become a son or a daughter of God, then all of a sudden you can get down to where you're really serious about the things of God. And you can get some things done. Can I get an amen? So we begin to look at this. And and as we begin to to reflect God's image and we are stepping into God's image, we've got to realize what the mandate is for a new era. Real quick, I think I've got one more slide up there for you. Our mandate for the new era is this. It's okay to mourn. First of all, we've got to get over some of the things that we need to mourn about. I'm not making light of anybody that is in the middle of a mourning situation. But I've seen people that have had issues that have happened 25, 30 years ago, and they've never really mourned, and they're stuck. And you have too. You know people like that. And they're stuck where they are. And God says, you know what? There's a time of mourning. In Joshua, he said, look, Joshua, time to get up. It was 30 days. 
You've mourned for Moses for 30 days. It's time to get up and enter into the promised land. Don't you know that people, if you don't get over something, and it cannot just be a loss that you're mourning over. It could be a victory. When I was in high school, I was, I was in, the, in the 10th grade, and I, I wrestled the, the year before. And some of you may know this, some of you may not. In the ninth grade, I, I, the guy that, that actually won the tournament at that time, you would have called it the state, he was getting to ready to graduate. So I was going to be the only one in the 10th grade. We went to 5th and 6th grade in one school, 7th and 8th in another school, ninth and 10th in another school, and 11th and 12th in another school. It wasn't because my family moved around. I stayed in the same city. It was because it was so large. When I graduated from high school, I had 1,475 in my graduating class. I'm talking about high school, not college, y'all. So in the 10th grade, I at shop, I built myself a trophy case about this high, about like that, because I, I was 11 and 2 the year before, and this year the guy that beat me is no longer going to be there. He graduated, and I am going to win the championship, and I took a whole year in shop, and I built myself a trophy case for my trophy. I went 16-0 and 0 and lost in the very last match on the very last five seconds of the match. They called me for stalling. They gave the other guy two points. He won by one. There was a time where I couldn't even hardly face anybody. And it, and it was still real. And I realized that even 30 years ago, you're talking about I was 14, 15 years old. But it meant so much to me. Are you with me? I didn't have God in my life. I didn't know how to process those things in my life. I didn't know what to do with this in my life. I remember walking out the the next day and having to go to school and thinking this world should have stopped. Because I lost. You know why? Because I was going to shop that day and I was going to look at my trophy case. And I didn't have my trophy to put in there. Sometimes we got to mourn over the victories that we've had. Hello? Hello? And get past those things. And to realize that, you know what? The greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I could have let that thing stop me. I could have let it keep me from moving on. I could have let it keep me from accomplishing anything that God wanted to use me for in my life. Or I could have said, no, I'm going to mourn. I'm going to step through this thing. I'm going to move away from that thing. And it might have been 20 years ago that I really had a chance to be able to really mourn over that situation. Because it's something that I wanted. It's something that I worked for. It's something that I worked hard for, and I thought I should have got it. And then I got a hold of God, and I realized then, wait a minute. First of all, it wasn't about God. It was more about me. So I had to go through and mourn that thing. So if we're going to get into this new era, you're gonna, we're going to got to get over some of the victories of our past. We've also got to get over some of the failures of our past. The second thing is you've got to get ready to move. You've got to get up. Somebody say, get up. Look, I I don't want you to move away from here, but there are some things that you're going to have to do. And there are some times where you're going to have to move. Some people are going to have to get a new job. You know why? Because you were built for more than that. You are greater than that thing. 
Because you have responsibility. And, you know, I look at Glenn and how faithful he was and what a blessing he was to that company. And I'm telling you, I believe that that company pr- uh, thrived for 30 years because that man of God was there every single day when he was scheduled to work and worked and worked hard and was a blessing to that. Don't you think God can bless a company or an organization because you're part of that? Hallelujah. Absolutely he can. Absolutely he can. So you got to get up. You got to get up. There's going to be some shifts. There's going to be some changes. There's going to be some move. There's things to move. You can read statistically and they say in order for you to make financially more money, you've got to relocate. There's some of you I can look around in here. Justin, you weren't in the same job you were 20 years ago when we first met. You know what I mean? She's not doing the same thing. Tennille started her own business, stepped into that. Oh, come on, somebody. There's some things that you're going to have to do that God is now beginning to prepare you for, and you've got tools in the tool bag, and you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God, and you're going to be able to step out. Why? Because those things are in that tool bag, and you're going to begin to walk into that which God has for you. And that brings me to the third thing is you've got to prepare yourself. You've got to prepare Prepare, 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 prepare. You want to get out of debt? Prepare. Shelly and I have our house sold. We've got another house. We've got a contract on another house, praise God. And by the time we get done, when everything happens here, we get done, we're going to be totally out of debt on our personal side. We won't owe no man nothing but Romans 13, 8, but to love him. Hallelujah. I want to know what that feels like. There's some of you in here. There's some of y'all in here. That I, you know, if the truth is, I'm a little jealous because you know what that feels like. And I want to know what that feels like. I want to know what it is to be able to, to get up in the morning and not have to worry about that I owe, I owe, I owe, off to work I go. Or to be at a place where when God says give, I can give and I can't go, God, wait a minute, I wanted to, but, but I got to use this for the electric bill. So some of you are going to have to get out of debt. Some of you are going to have to get to that place. Prepare to get out of debt. It takes preparation, y'all takes preparation some of y'all got business ahead of you god wants you to step in and open in your own business or step into that thing that he has for you it takes preparation to do that trust me you can't come into a guy a man of wealth and he said look i want to start a business and he's going to say what's your let me see your business plan um uh um uh i don't have one what do you want to do i got a great idea well your idea may be just an idea it's not a business But if all of a sudden you've got a business plan and you're ready to step through it and you've been taking business courses, you've been learning and growing and you've been, you've been, you know, you're, you're gleaning from others. And all of a sudden you step in and you've got a, I I got a business. What is it? Tell me, I want to, might want to be involved. I want to invest in it. But do you have a business plan? Yes, I do. And he looks at the business plan and all of a sudden he says, yeah, I think I'll be a partner with you. Can I have 30%? Can I have 40%? Can I have 50%? Whatever that might be. Are you with me? And then all, and then all of a sudden you've prepared, you've gotten to that place. And so like I said earlier, there's some, some of you that have tools here. You just haven't realized it. You've got to open up your bag and look in it. See, here's where, we, here's where we are getting to, is that this is the bag. You've got some tools in it, and you don't even realize you've got those tools in it. You've got tools for ministry. You've got tools for knowledge. You've got tools for information. You've got tools for wisdom. Hello? you just got to open it up and look at it. You've got tools. You've got to trust God. Hey, wait a minute. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust you with this. I need some bits for that. Guess what? Those will be tools that God will slip in there on you. And then all of a sudden you need it, and there it is. You've got to have hope. You've got to have hope. Somebody say hope. How about faith? Don't you think you need a little bit of faith? 
Yeah, we're going to have to walk out on some water. We're going to, you're going to have to step out on some things. You're going to have to make some decisions. You're going to have to walk in faith. And also, you're going to walk in love. They walk in love. Hey, can I have the worship team come on up? If you guys would come on up just for a minute. I would like for us to begin to start walking through. Are you guys ready? Here's what I want to do. This is a bag. You guys have been given a bag. You have a bag. Just say, you know, you, you, you may not think you do, but you do. And it's got some tools in it. And there was a prophetic word last week. I believe it was last week or the week before that Kelly gave that when you're walking through the door, you can't bring all this other stuff with you. That the door, you remember? The door was thinner. The door was closer. It's what Virginia was prophesying for today. The road, the wide road, it's a wide road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way. Narrow is the road. We were in Hawaii recently. Somebody had to be there. Might as well have been us, right? We were in Hawaii recently, and we went on a hike, and it was actually seven miles by the time we got done with it. But this was over about a one-mile hike, and we went up Diamond Head. We went up to the top. And I'm telling you, there were places in there where it was narrow. There were places in there that it was rocky. There were places in there where we had to had to stop and gather ourselves and then go to the next place because we kept going higher and higher and higher. And some of it had concrete and some of it didn't. And some of it was rocky and some of it was smooth. But there was even there was a tunnel. It was freaky. I mean, we got in this tunnel and I was like, I'm feeling claustrophobic in here. Fear tried to come upon you. Are you with me? But I had to realize that I had the tools, y'all. I had the tools, and I had to make sure that I went through this place. And I want us today, I want us to, if if those of you that want to come with me, I want us to line up behind this door right here, and we're going to come through into 2018. But look, you can't bring all that junk with you. you got to carry what God's given you. Hello, hello, hello. So I'm going to come through. This is what I got in 2017, y'all. I got some cool stuff. You're going to walk through, and you're going to bring this of which God's given you. I can't bring, honey, I can't bring our suitcases, which we brought to Hawaii. It wouldn't fit through here. There's too much stuff. So we would have to come, and we're going to have to walk through. And I'm going to walk through into 2018. I'm going to walk through into my future. I'm going to walk through into my destiny. But I'm going to walk through with my tool bag that God has for me. And it's not heavy. It's a light one. I don't have to drag it. I don't have to drag it. I can begin to walk through and I can carry it with me. Anybody want to walk through to a new new destiny? Anybody want to walk through to a new new place in life? Anybody want to walk through and take that which God has given you and say, these are the tools that I've got? And guess what? God will give you more tools. I found out there's all sorts of tools. And ladies, I could have done this with, uh, with your, your cutting instruments and all your other stuff in your kitchen. I mean, they got, Jerry has this deal where it's, a, it's an apple peeler, and you put this apple on there, and it just peels this apple right out, cores it, and does everything else, and makes it almost like a curly french fry. And I was like, that is cool. And when I saw that, the Lord spoke to me and said, I have a lot more tools that I want to give you for the job that you need to do. And I was like, oh, that'll preach. God has tools for you in this new era that you'll walk through. 
you guys want to go ahead and play as we're going to walk through. I'm going to ask you guys to come, if you will, come to the north and then walk through the, walk through the new era door here to the north and bring your tool bag with you, even prophetically. We're just doing a prophetic act this morning, and we're going to walk through. We're going to carry our tool bag this morning. Thank you, Lord.
the new things this year. It's going to be a good year today. There still may be some hurt. There still may be some pain. There still may be some trials and tribulations. But that's all part of life. But it's how you're going to walk through it this year that's going to make the difference in your life. Hallelujah. On the count of three, let's give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. One, two, three. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's just keep singing. The worship team's coming through. It's going to be a new year. Whoa, I'm excited about this year. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah, Lord. There's more gifts. There's more gifts coming. There's more gifts coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You guys good for now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, listen. Right now, before we leave, before we leave, just put your hands out. Hold your hands out. God's given gifts. He's not just today. He's given you gifts. And it's not just at church. He'll give you some gifts when you're not even at church. He'll give you some gifts at different places and different situations. Just begin to receive that gift from him today. God, we're just receiving the gift of righteousness <laughs> that, Jesus, you've given to us. God, I thank you for this new year. I thank you for this new year of 2018. The one means God. Eight means new beginnings. So there's new beginnings in you. God, we thank you that things are beginning to be fresh. We thank you as we step into this. And we believe and we receive it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Listen, we bless you guys today. Go forth. It's a beginning of a new year. And let's continue to declare there are new things coming this year for you and your family. God bless you. Have a great afternoon today.